Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday afternoon edition of the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. Normally, I'll drink a cup of coffee and just spit one out in the morning, but let's just say things have been going poorly here. Um, Not going to complain, but it's just one of those times when things aren't going your way and you just know things are like steamrolling a little bit and you're just trying to hold it together. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just sit at Wendy's, have a Frosty, and just try to chill, man, because, you know, some things are out of my control, you know, and I'm just trying to, like, let's let's keep this ship together, I mean, until the storm passes, you know what I mean? <laughs> let's not sink the pirate ship. Um, and that is how things are going for me personally this week. So, you know, I decided to do an afternoon show instead of the morning show. Um, But other than that, um, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the last couple games have not got a lot of hits. Uh, I want to say in the last 18 innings, they've gotten three hits. Um, Not really what you're looking for. I mean, going into the season, I kind of warned you guys that this was a really bad offense. Um, you um, You have Yoshi, who had a career average of about 200. Um, You had Vogelbach, who had a career average of about 200. Um, You didn't really have a second baseman, and I'm not sure that you still don't have a second baseman. Um, Your shortstop didn't hit the ball much. He got hurt. You know, we brought up a young guy who's been okay in Diego Castillo, but his ops is below 600. Pretty much exactly the same as where um, Kevin Newman's is most of the time. So... I mean, you kind of get what you get there. Um, You know, we knew the third baseman was going to be good. We knew that Brian Reynolds was going to regress a little bit this year. Now, you know, nobody could have predicted the slump that he's been in to start the year. But I am not worried about Brian Reynolds. I mean, it really is a long season. We've seen this guy do it before. So it's not like um, it's like Jack Suwinski, you know, who's batting 175 and you just don't know if this guy can hit major league hitting pitching. <clears throat> it doesn't seem like it. Uh, and it's his first go around and he probably shouldn't be up at this point and all this and that. So um, it's different, you know, Brian Reynolds, we've seen him do it before. And we know that he's one of the players on this team that you can count on. <clears throat> you know, we kind of, we try to put together the players that are doing decently enough that we can call them a major league player and right now, uh, well, we picked up a, a catcher, another catcher who's, who was a reject. You know, his, his team didn't want him. You know, he's only had 66 at-bats in, you know, he's 30 years old. So he's pretty much a career minor leaguer that nobody wanted. And we picked him up to drop another guy, you know, who actually was a veteran. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to go with the Phillies guy. Maybe he was a little banged up. I don't know. But... This guy, I mean, obviously it's not an improvement, you know. I mean, it might be a lateral move, but it's not like we're expecting anything out of this guy. It's just another person to man the catcher position. And we also have, um, we knew that one catcher was going to get hurt because he gets hurt every year. So we have Michael Perez, who we DFA'd. Nobody wanted him. We brought him back, and now he's hitting like 170, you know, or 167 or something like that. So that's your team. I mean, that's why... You have three hits in the last 18 innings. I mean, granted, they won one of those games because it was the uh, Cincinnati Reds, um, but it's not good, you know. Um, 
and I had cautioned against um, getting too, and even though I got excited about him, I had cautioned against getting too excited about um, the Pirates' left-handed reliever with a career ERA of five, um, because Dylan Peters, you know, he's been around the block a few times as well, and he had a great 15 innings. It, he had the most unbelievable start since Rich Rod last year, you know, just an amazing 15 innings. But I had said on the podcast that you got to make sure he does it the whole year and you got to make sure he stays healthy, you know, that he's not doing something crazy with his arm that's unsustainable. And you got to make sure he does it through hitting season, you know, which we're getting into the summer here. I don't know if it was super warm in Chicago yesterday, um, but uh, the la- two out of the last three appearances – by him. Uh, He wasn't able to find the plate. I mean, well, yesterday he gave up a double. I think he gave up a single and then another double before he started walking, guys. So I think he might have just got shell-shocked yesterday after getting hit so hard. And then he was having trouble finding the plate. So they they took him out um, even before he finished the first inning. And then uh, they brought in the starter. Or, you know, if this guy's an opener, I guess he would be the starter. And Bryce Wilson who promptly gave up a grand slam and made it, it was already 4 nothing and made it 8 to nothing. So at that point, you know, people were saying on Twitter that they, they tuned in to Gomer Pyle or they watched um, Better Call Saul or something, but you knew that there wasn't a baseball game to watch. You know, it wasn't going to be a competitive game and there really wasn't anything to watch. Um, I, I mean, I, from what I hear, because I didn't watch it either, uh, I hear that the Pirates' defense was a little sloppy, which you'll have that this year. The defense hasn't been as good as last year. Um, I mean, we're playing infielders in the outfield half the time, so, I mean, that's what you get. And we're playing a lot of guys that just don't have a lot of experience, you know? Um, so you have that, and then you got three hits, and then the Cubs were just trying to get through the game, you know? I mean, they maybe the Cubs could have made it 21 to nothing again, But there was no need to. I mean, this game was never at risk. So they were just kind of going through their at-bats, you know. And, you know, they had to finish another two hours of baseball, even though the game had already been decided. So um, we'll see what happens today. I mean, so far, the Pittsburgh Pirates have been able to win series that they've lost the run differential, you know, because they'll have like one good start. Um, or one good hitting game, or something like that, where things work out. Um, so we'll see what happens. The bats are really cold right now, and you never know if that's going to break out, if that's going to last. Um, but I think the Cubs pitcher today has a pretty decent ERA. I mean, he doesn't look like a total scrub. And then uh, I believe we have JT Brubaker, who pretty much it, it, he is what he is. You know, he's typically a five ERA guy. You know. He doesn't fool anybody with his pitches. Um, If he's hitting his spots, he can be effective. And if he's not, you know, if he's not pinpoint with his command, um, then we have problems, you know. So I wouldn't be betting any money on the Pittsburgh Pirates today. You know, they don't typically play well in Chicago. They don't typically play well in Cincinnati. They play terrible in Milwaukee. And they don't play well in St. Louis either. So... (laughs) I mean, pretty much any road game, you got to assume that most likely the Pirates are going to lose. At home, occasionally they get hot. You know, like the Dodgers series, the Dodgers 
really just took the weekend off. I mean, I didn't even think they were, um, they felt like they were even playing for anything, playing the Pirates, because they knew the next series was against the Phillies. You know, they have some series with the Padres coming, like real teams they have to play. I mean, how are you going to get up for the Pittsburgh Pirates? It's just like if um, Green Bay loses to um, Jacksonville, it might just be a week that, you know, between those games, they're playing the Vikings, who's like a rivalry game, and maybe the Cowboys, who is a decent team in the NFC. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just hard for athletes to get up for every game, <clears throat> which is the excuse that people are using about O'Neill Cruz, that he's just bored in AAA. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it might be true, you know, knowing him, that was sort of a question that I've thrown out there the past year about his character, you know, that he, in some situations, especially when things are going poorly, he um, he tends to take plays off and stuff like that. And the coaches have admitted it, you know, that they wanted him to play shortstop because they wanted to keep his head in the game uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, but with O'Neill Cruz, um, it's not like he's a superstar like the Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, who are probably going to be making a big run at the World Series this year. And they're not going to remember a series in May against the Pittsburgh Pirates. With O'Neill Cruz, he has eight major league at-bats. So he should be busting his butt to make it to the major leagues. And if he is bored or if he's mad at the Pirates or whatever, it's not helping him, you know? It's not helping anybody. You know, it's not helping the fans. It's not helping the organization. It's just not good, you know? It's not helping his teammates, you know, because... You have a bad egg, you know, and the rest of them get cracked. You know what I mean? It's very easy. And I said that when I ran sales teams, that it's very easy for one complainer to bring down a whole team, you know. Um, and a good guy isn't necessarily going to bring everybody up. And so you really, if you're building a team, you know, you really have to get rid of those bad eggs. And you can't just get rid of O'Neill Cruz. You got to hope that he grows up a little bit and, you know, starts producing. Um, whether that is starting to happen is a possibility because he had five RBIs the other day in a game that he played left field. So he didn't sulk about it, you know. Um, he did okay. I think he got his third home run in the same game where Mason Martin got his fifth home run. Um, so he did okay. Then after that, I think he might have went 0 for 3 or something like that. So it's not like he's turning the switch on or anything. But we do talk a lot about O'Neill Cruz because – I would personally be interested in having O'Neill Cruz on the major league team as well because he'd be fun to watch. I mean, whether he's a disaster or whether he's hitting mammoth home runs into the into the river or whatnot, he's an entertaining guy. And I said that all off season that the good thing about O'Neill Cruz is at least he's never going to be boring. You know, like every at bat is going to a must to be a must see at bat. There was a guy on the Phillies that's been around a while, Odabel Herrera who swung and missed on a pitch that went through his legs, <laughs> you know? That is the kind of thing that's entertaining that O'Neill Cruz might do, you know? And then the next pitch, he might hit a home run. And it's just the kind of boom or bust that I've been advertising with O'Neill Cruz. Um, so, I mean, that's where you are. We do a lot of talk about Ben Sherrington. My whole thing with Ben Sherrington, because people have been, you know, more people have been jumping off the bandwagon and more people have been getting angry about Sherrington who just weren't sure before. But my whole thing is if the guy is going to suck, you know, if the guy is going to make bad decisions 
and the team is going to lose year in, year out, at least have a nice, personable guy that we can root for, you know, like a lovable losers kind of thing that I mentioned before. But this guy, I mean, why did they pick the most smug, the most rude to the media guy that you could ever have? You know, he doesn't communicate within his own players. I mean, I've had DMs from players that complain about they don't know what they're supposed to do in the minor leagues. You wonder why people are getting all these errors and regressing and stuff like that. They don't, they're not communicated to, you know, as far as what they need to do to get promoted. You know, one day they're playing shortstop, the next day they're playing center field. I mean, one of our best defensive infielders, Jared Triolo, they moved him to center field. Instead of taking the bad infielder and moving him to the outfield, which would have been Lyover Paguero. Lyover Paguero has 11 errors this year. And amazingly enough, as I noticed today, he's not even the league leader in errors. Uh, he's the league leader, but he's not the team leader. There's a guy on Bradenton that has 13 errors already. <laughs> now, and I get that the kid's 20 years old, and I get that um, he is uh, one of... Um, uh, one of the favorite guys of the Murfanko project. Um, but Dario Lopez has 13 errors, and that's just not easy to do in 25, 30 games. It's just not, you know? I mean, it's a lot of errors, you know? Um, and, you know, if you're in Bradenton, there's always a ton of errors, right? But if you're moving all the way up to double A, and actually, I think Dario Lopez is in Greensboro, and at an age 20, you know, that's a high for him. You know, that's a high level for him. He probably should be in Bradenton. I'm not sure why he's at Greensboro, but ne- nevertheless, you know, um, it could be just one of these things where Ben Sherrington doesn't know what he's doing. But my point is that if you get to double A, you know, um, you're being watched a lot closer, you know, especially if your bat is hitting like Leover Paguero, you know, and it's up to the team to decide, okay, if this guy is not going to be a shortstop, if this guy's not going to be a second baseman because he had an error at second base, let's put him in the corner outfield. Because I'll tell you what, this team doesn't have a lot of outfielders. Um, we have Brian Reynolds and we have Ben Gamel, you know, and that's about it as far as outfielders go. We had a guy from Houston who wasn't hitting. He got hurt, you know, and we have um, – I, I don't see how you could keep Jack Sawinski up any longer. I mean, I keep waiting for them to send him down and bring someone else up because – you don't want a guy to suffer batting 175 and dropping on your team and just lose all confidence, you know, in a prospect. Um, but any case, you know, Suwinski's a decent defender, but he's batting a buck 75, which just isn't going to cut it. You know what I mean? I mean, you could spend an hour breaking down his approach and you could make excuses for the guy as far as, oh, yeah, he doesn't look scared out there. You know, his approach is good. He's not looking ridiculous on every pitch. But the bottom line is, if a guy's batting a buck seventy-five, it's not worth, you know, examining his approach. It's not worth looking to see what his BABIP is or any of that stuff. You know that this guy is not cutting it. You know, one seventy-five is different than two thirty. I mean, Diego Castillo at this point is holding his own. You know, I mean, he's batting two thirty. He's got a little bit of pop, but he only plays second base. If he plays shortstop still, he's got a little bit of pop. But he's getting he's making most of the plays, you know? And they moved him into the outfield. I don't know why. Maybe they're trying to crush his confidence because he was doing too well in the infield. 
Um, but, you know, they got Diego Castillo playing in the outfield now. My point being is that at least he's batting 230. I mean, you would like his ops to certainly be better than 590 or whatever it is, 582. But he's holding his own, you know? I mean, on this awful team, I don't have a problem at all with Diego Castillo at this point, you know? I wouldn't send him down at this point. If he gets lost in the the, um, dog days of the summer, you know, then you give someone else a shot. But um, if you're batting 175, most teams, except for maybe Baltimore and Pittsburgh, most teams will not keep you up on the team if that's what you're batting, you know, because you're not helping yourself, you're not helping your confidence, and you're certainly not helping the team win. So, you know, that's where we are as far as like, you know, what's going on at the major league level. But my deal with Ben Sherrington is, you know, he's just not a likable guy. Bob Nutting is obviously not a likable guy. I mean, they try to, I'm sure that he's a nice guy to his kids. I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm sure that he likes to do the Pirates charities thing. But I don't think he knows a lot about baseball, which is why I think that Neil Huntington was probably the best fit um, for him, you know, because he they just had a good relationship. I mean, Huntington actually got him to raise the payroll and have their only run in the last 30 years, you know. Like three of the four winning teams out of the last 30 years were in a three-year run that Neil Huntington had. Um, where the bullpen was just lights out, you know, it was just fantastic. And we've gone over this, you know. Um, what I, I would love to go to the game in Wrigley Field, whether it's a day game or a night game, it's just the nicest neighborhood. I used to live in the neighborhood. I would love to go to the game regardless of who wins, who pitches, who hits, if anybody. It's just a great place to be. It's one of those places where it's just like you're just – it's everybody's happy place. It's the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. So, I mean, I would certainly go to the game if I was in Chicago um, because I love the north side of Chicago in general. But, you know, my point is I don't know what's going to happen in tonight's game. Maybe they salvage a win in this series. Maybe they take two out of three from the Cubs, although that seems like a long shot at this point. Um, We're running Mitch Keller out there again, and, you know, I think a lot of fans are frustrated that no matter what he does, they run him out there every fifth day. I mean, he's worse this year than he was last year. Um, so uh, it's not good, you know. He's pushing his career ERA, which is like 6.10. He's pushing it up with a 6.50 plus this year. So we're running him out there on Wednesday. So this is probably your best chance to get a win today. And it's not the greatest chance from what I can see. But it's baseball. You play 162 games and you just never know. You know, you just never know who's going to win on any particular day. Which That's why it was kind of fun that we got a no-hitter and the team won. You know, we got no-hit and the team won because it's just one of those fun things that will happen once in a while. But we'll take a moment to check out Greensboro and the rest of the minor leagues because... Greensboro actually played an afternoon game today, which is fun. Um, Jared Jones was the starter, and he did not struggle today that much. He pitched five innings. Uh, He threw, let me see. I don't know why it doesn't say his pitches. Oh, Jared Jones, he threw 74 pitches to get through five innings. Honestly, not great, you know. Um, He gave up three hits and two walks in five innings. So his whip was okay. And there was an error 
so, and it, I think it was by that guy I mentioned, um, Dario Lopez, his 13th error. And Andy Rodriguez had an error as well. Um, but so only one of the r- runs was earned. But he's got a 5.97 ERA. Um, incidentally, Dario Lopez is only batting 226. So he real, there's really no reason to have him in Greensboro at age 20. It's just mismanaging the guys that you have, you know. Um, Hudson, and same with um, Jared Jones. I mean, he's a good player. I don't know what they're doing wrong, but a lot of these guys are regressing, you know. Hudson Head is batting 268. He's hanging in there as far as I'm concerned because he's still pretty young. So, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Jack Sawinski. He'll probably get a... Um, a cup of coffee at some point. Um, other than that, you know, Dario Lopez is young. Uh, this Gonzalez guy is quite a story this year. I'm telling you, this Jacob Gonzalez guy is an amazing story. Three hits again today, including his fourth home run in Greensboro. I mean, this dude is insane this year. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, he's even more insane this year than Matthew Frazier last year. He's batting 446 for the year with eight home runs and 24 RBIs and, a, and an ops of 1.301. I mean, even Matthew Frazier's ops was only like 1.1 or something like that. Uh, I mean, he's old for this level. He's never hit before in the past. But this dude is, and he was a second round pick. So you never know. Uh, he's the son of Luis Gonzalez, who um, was a baseball player. And I don't know what this dude's deal is, you know. He's from Arizona, so he's not an international guy. He's actually, they should probably put him on um, Altoona. uh, Because, you know, who's also from Arizona is Nick Gonzalez. So you could get Nick and Jake playing, um, one playing third base and one playing shortstop. Um, Because they've been trying Nick Gonzalez at short and moving over Paguero to uh, second. At this point, you might as well move the guy up because this guy is the best story of the year. And 112 at-bats, he's batting 446 with a 1.301 and eight home runs. And like I said, I get that he's old for the level, but that's amazing, you know. Andy Rodriguez has been struggling somewhat off and on. He's batting 273, so he's holding his own. But um, definitely Escado has been a disappointment. Sorry about that. got a phone call and had to um, shut things down. What I was saying is I haven't checked Michael Escado's age in a while, but I did pull it up, and he's only 19 years old. So, I mean, he is doing okay. Um, but, he, you know, he's only batting 198 this year. So, again, maybe this guy shouldn't be in Greensboro just yet. He's probably going to have to move back down. Um, and then... Dario Lopez is also going to have to move back down. So we know that those things have to happen, you know. Um, And that is a lot of players. I mean, you can't really move Matt Frazier back down. I think that would be the wrong thing to do at his age. And you can't really move O'Neal Cruz back down because I feel like that's the wrong thing to do at this point. Um, These guys have been around, you know. So it is what it is, you know. But with some of these young guys, you don't need to crush their spirit at this point. So there are a few prospects at Greensboro. Jared Jones is the only pitcher that really excites me most of the time. But um, 
there, you know, Andy Rodriguez is doing well. He's hanging in there. He's got an 832 ops, you know. And I imagine during hitting season, that might even get better. And they have him playing second base and catcher. Um, who else is hanging in there? Well, we, met, we mentioned Jacob Gonzalez, who was the story of the year in the Pirates system. Um, Hudson Head, yeah, I would keep him at this level. Um, Dario Lopez, I would send back down. And that just is what it is, you know. All right, so, I mean, we touched on everything. We touched on Sherrington. We touched on the Major League team. We even touched on the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Uh, I'm going to sign off. Got to mow the lawn. Hopefully things take a turn for the better uh, with me and with the Pirates. Peace.